0: This week on Erotic Awakening, Sacred Sex with Francesca Gentile.
1: Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink. Each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now.
2: I didn't know that um, Tantra oil massages included so much fucking. Oh, uh, We should turn that off and do the podcast. I <laughs> so. so <hard>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to pause that. <clears throat> Hi, Don. <Dawn>. Hi, Dan. <laughs> um, today's show happens to be about topics like Tantra mm-hmm. and other forms of sacred sexuality. Absolutely. What is sacred sexuality?
0: Well, it depends who you ask.
2: Well, or what book you read. <laughs> very true. As it happened, we asked our guest for today's podcast, mm-hmm. Francesca Gentile. Right. And um, she says it's a whole world concept in that most countries and religions have some version of sacred sexuality as a tradition, even Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have interacted with tantrikas and sexual magicians, we consider ourselves kadishti, Uh, We've played with sexual Kung Fu Taoist. Right. And it just, it does. It just has this whole gambit of different flavors and different viewpoints and different approaches towards what sacred sexuality is.
0: Right. And sacred sex seems to be an umbrella term for a lot of those things. So there's a lot of different pieces as to what makes it up
2: and our our good for our good friends Patricia Johnson and, and Mark Michaels and Mark Michaels don't really consider tantra sacred sexuality. So that's an interesting spin on it as well. Right. And we were just watching a video called tantra oil massage which was not sacred sexuality. It was fucking hot. <laughs> but it was using it was kind of um We include some oil massage in our fucking and call it Tantra so we could sell a video.
0: Right. That's exactly what it looked like. So because the guy was hung and she was the little perfect body and yeah, it was just to sell the video. Yes. It was very, it was very hot though. It was hot. I want to go back to (laughs) watching
2: it when we're done. So Francesca is going to talk to us today about uh, everything from divine feminine mysteries over to sacred quickies.
0: I loved that term, sacred quickie. So, and
2: and I imagine this is going to be interview one of two with Francesca. Uh, she was a lot of fun to talk to, mm-hmm. and uh, a great guest, and has a lot to say.
0: It'd be awesome to have her back. I think so too. So,
2: so we'll get to the interview in a moment. Um, we've had a little bit of a busy week this week.
0: We have been getting out and being social and. Doing all kinds of things, so our schedules kind of opened up a little bit, so we've been trying to get out there and meet people and just have a little fun.
2: Absolutely. Starting with, you got to go to the poly social here in town.
0: I did. I did. So we went to the old uh, Dave and Buster's and played some video games and had some food and some good talk, and it was a good time.
2: Really interesting to me that the, um, you know, I don't know if other people's view of what polyamory is... You know, and how much of it's just about the sex. But, you know, in this aspect, it's about being social. It's about having interactions with people. It's Mm -hmm. about being there and doing fun things, you know, and and people just interacting as people.
0: Yeah, and just being comfortable with who you are. So, you know, if you've got one partner with you or two partners with you or open to finding partners or, you know, whatever. It's just having fun and being social and being okay with
2: everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not nearly as comfortable was the play party we went to Saturday night. Well, huh. I was comfortable. I don't know if you were comfortable hung <laughs> off the ceiling like that. And I don't want to talk about too much about our scene because I want to repeat it. I want to. I want to try it again and get it a little, um, um, a little practice in. I suppose I could say. Okay. I'm but, all uh, up for that. But it was uh, very intimate, and uh, and yet still left you with very interesting marks on your ass from a very interestingly shaped paddle.
0: Yeah, I still got the designs yes. and printed on my ass.
2: I think we should probably sell those paddles based on the, the logo so. from your ass. I that think that might nice. work for that us. That would be nice, that would be nice. So had another great time, had a great time at the play party over the mm-hmm. weekend, but it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And also during this week we had a fabulous gathering of people to uh, just have a, a chat about the DSMS lifestyle.
0: Yeah, that was last night, so we had... Um, I think I counted like 13, 14 people.
2: Yeah, all they're interested in a, um, in just a, just a gathering, very um, non-structured gathering of people that are in, interested in master-slave relationships or dominant-submissive power exchange relationships. Mm-hmm. Just sitting around talking about what it's like to be in those relationships, the, the the kind of things you face, the kind of thing that are great about them.
0: Right. I mean, some of us shared our experience of, you know, things that have happened and the good things and, you know, some of the bad things and things we've had to work through. And so we were able to share experience and then others are brand new to it and had questions. So they asked some very thought provoking questions that, and it's, it's, that's what I'm looking for. That's what helps me grow so that I don't forget, you know, some of the pieces that have
2: helped us along the way. Absolutely, one of the really uh, common topics that came around from the people that I I'd identify as submissives was the journey of being a submissive to a slave. Right. And I think what I will have you do is talk about your own journey there and post something about it on our little blog.
0: I could do that. Good. That would be very insightful.
2: Good. So um, if you are by the time you hear this podcast, that blog post will be up feel free to head over there and take a look. Um, the address for that, and we'll do our contact plugs real quick, www.bluecatservices.org is where you're going to find everything else that we're going to talk about for the rest of the day. That includes our the ability to email us, contact form, the voicemail, how to get to our FetLife group, even our Twitter account. And welcome new Twitter people. We have a couple new people
0: I saw that so that are following us now so fabulous
2: absolutely um, if you would like more people following you on Twitter then you could use one of those contact forms and tell us your Twitter address and if you're uh, somebody that you want a couple thousand followers say hey I am this guy and I do this thing and why don't you tell people about me and we'll be happy to get the word out other than that little bit of feedback to share with everybody before we get into our interview, and I promise I'll do this quickly, uh, especially the first one, because it wasn't good. Mm. Not all of our feedback is shiny and bright. It's this not partic- supposed to be. It's not <laughs> supposed to be, I agree, and, and we don't mind either way. Any kind of feedback is good feedback, they tell me. I uh, Granted, I like the fawning admiration <laughs> feedback. Well, we've but got that too. <laughs> we did get some feedback about the so- sound quality of some of our podcast, and... Um, yeah, it seems to be the ones that we're doing the phone stuff with, so
0: it sounds harder to control with those.
2: Absolutely, uh, and, and some of the earlier podcasts as well, as we were still trying to figure right. this stuff out. Um, I think we've gotten better, and I think we're moving in the right direction. I think our podcast today, hopefully, is going to come out pretty solid. Uh, I thought the interview with Francesca was recorded um, and came out very well. We're gonna keep working on it though. Our operating budget is zero. And um, you know, all everything that we're using is stuff at this point we're done spending money on this and we're done and we're not trying to make money on this either. And one of the things that's that's been important to us so far is that we're doing this without advertising. We're doing every topic that we wanna do. Mm-hmm. We're doing it in the way we wanna do it. And we don't have anyone that's gonna say, Oh, you guys gotta stop talking about this or you need to talk more about this, or you need to talk about how great our product is. Uh, we have a show coming up about a product called a Smodnock. Smodnock. SMODNOC. <laughs> and that'll make more sense in the episode coming up. But, you know, um, we're getting some of the products. We're going to have our friends check it out. We're going to give you honest reviews on what we think about it. We're going to talk to the guys that created the Smodnock. And they're going to, you know, and they'll tell you what they think about it. But, you know, they're not paying us anything. Right. You know, the, the they're giving us six samples to get us so that we can give you an honest feel for this is what it's like. Right. I mean,
0: we actually found them, or Dan actually found them, and said, hey, you know, we want to advertise your product instead of the other way around. Yeah, so, yeah,
2: and, and we don't even want to advertise their product so much. It's just review it. We want to try it out. And, well, yeah, yeah, we want to try it out. and, the, and <laughs> yeah, That's true, too. Um,
0: <laughs> we should take pictures.
2: <laughs> we, are, I, we should take pictures. And <laughs> we should. There, I will put a link. Matter of fact, tell you what we'll do. For those listening and saying, what the hell is a smon knock? I'm okay. not going to try and explain it, but we will put a link to the YouTube video. And then you could go watch, go over to the Blue Cat Services website, look at the link, and then you'll say, oh. <laughs> or you'll say, what?
0: <laughs> and we'll have more info about that later. So, okay, so more feedback. So we've got the sound quality, but then we've got another good one. So, and I'm going to read this one to you. Um, I wish that I could properly articulate how finding your podcast impacted my day today. As I worked, I listened to every one you've posted to date. At times, my eyes welled up as my heart warmed up. At other times, I burst out laughing, and at other times, I simply shifted my body while I clenched my knees. And then she's got the little LOL. I just wanted to drop a quick line and say thank you. I'll be trying to find a group in my area for my partner and I to visit. Not sure there's much where I am, but I am so going to look now. Be blessed and I will be listening. All my best.
2: And we don't normally listen don't normally read out these entire feedbacks, you know. It's nice to share with you guys uh what kind of feedback we're getting, but it's just tremendous for us to get something like that every once in a while where um, we've
0: got a newbie get ready to go try to find a group. I yeah, mean, it's great.
2: It, it's a beautiful thing, and and it's really nice for us too. It keeps us motivated that you know somebody that we are doing some service to the community. Um, we've been very fortunate that we, when we came into the community, although there was no there was no podcasting at the time, there were right. a lot of people that were willing to take us under their wings and say, hey, did you check this out? Take a look at this. A lot of information already out there but a lot of a lot of one-on-one people that mm-hmm. would reach out or in meetings they would reach out and you know for us to use this medium to be able to reach out and pay back a little bit it's just a it's, it's a beautiful thing awesome well anything else no fuck i'm going back to watching tantra sex massage
0: <laughs> it was hot <laughs>
3: We are on the phone today with Francesca Gentile and I'm just looking at all this information that I've got about you and there's just so much about it and uh, my favorite byline of yours is a secret agent of sacred sex. (laughs) Now uh, Dawn and I have been actually hanging around the sacred sex circles for many years and you were here long before us and long before it became the cool thing to do. How did you get started (laughs) in this thing that we call sacred
4: sexuality. Well, I really believe that sacred sexuality is our birthright, that it if you look cross-culturally and throughout ancient times, you see in every culture, in every tradition, the roots of sacred sexuality. And this this sense of the communion that we feel when we when we make love to someone that we really care about. This sense of transcendence that many of us have experienced, if only once, when we were pleasuring ourselves or or sharing in pleasure with another, where at some point it felt like we were no longer having sex, but almost that that the life force itself was making love through us. And many of us have had a glimpse of that. Sometimes we've had a glimpse of that dancing or, or playing in a sport. They call it the zone. And there's this, this place that we can get to in sexuality. And I truly believe we're meant to get there. That our, it boosts our immune system. It, it enhances our sense of connection. And I, for myself, it started uh, very young. It started with a sense of, uh, communing with nature. I think some of that, sensual, shamanic experience that many of us are drawn to. And then I was, uh, my first sweetheart was someone that we went very, very slowly and we built up um, uh, that deep connection of mind, of shared visions and values, of communication. We we, would know what each other was going to speak, of heart. We deeply cared about one another. And then we began to explore our, our sensual, sexual natures and even took time with that so it set the tone for me of what uh, my adult sacred sexuality would would come to be a recovery or discovery of, and a sense of when I was uh, finally reading things. And we probably all have this when you when you read something, not even a tantra text or a text that is technically about sacred sexuality. It could just be a lovely novel, or a lovely uh, uh, erotic moment in a film. And yet it calls to us, we we feel something open, and it's almost like we get a download of something that we've always known. And I definitely had that experience, and it was very bonded in my exploration of the shamanic. So I studied, um, I'm an initiated shaman in four traditions. And even though those uh, traditions were not specifically about sexuality, or I wasn't specifically studying sexuality, I felt that that deep communion with all of nature and dreams and the great below and the the heavens above would would naturally uh flow over into my sexuality. Wow. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> so I have a little question for you then. So sacred sexuality. I was actually um talking with someone that was new tonight. I went out and about and went to a munch and you know, and they wanted to know what we did and I said something about sacred sexuality and they're like, "Oh my god, what is that?" It was it was like a totally <laughs> new concept to them. How how would you explain that in a small way? <laughs> how would you, you know, just give a couple of sentences or something that would explain what sacred sexuality is? Well, you know, Sometimes I think it's best explained by a question and not, and not a, a statement, which is to ask people, have you ever experienced a, a moment in your sexuality or perhaps much longer where you felt you almost dissolved? You dissolved into the other person or time stopped or you felt like, like energy was coursing through your body or you almost felt like you were going into some sort of altered state or you felt like in that moment you and your partner had... One or both of you had some sort of spontaneous healing. Have you ever felt any of that? And when I have asked that of people, sometimes in hundreds of people in a the room,
3: their
4: eyes will get their eyes will get very wide, and there'll be this moment of, "Yeah, I have. Ex- I did experience that once. Or yeah, it was when we were hiking, and we've been hiking all day, and we're so hot, and we found this waterfall, and we went under the waterfall, and suddenly we were making love, and." And it just it felt like we were part of the water. So I find that often people have discovered it, if only once, in their lives already. And if they've had that experience, then, you, you know, you've got them. You've got them in that moment because they know. They, now they know what you're talking about. You don't even have to, you know, go into a lengthy explanation. You can now support them in having that moment become a doorway into something that they can access by choice in their life. Great.
3: On that, you have... I have a here you've written that says we the two main perspectives on sacred sexuality are the first being all sex is inherently sacred and the second sex is sacred when paired with conscious intent for example towards healing love connection with the divine etc and that just makes it sound so simple I mean I'm always <laughs> having people ask me what is sacred sexuality and trying to explain it and you know trying to quote some Sanskrit text or some, you know, other great um, leader in the community, but really right there you've broken it down. Um, And I really enjoy that, that sex is sacred and paired with conscious intent. Um, So is it as simple as you're just not doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for an us or you're doing it for a partner?
4: You know, it's like so many things. Sometimes it can be simple but not easy. You know, if they sometimes say to lose weight, you know, stay, stay away from high-calorie food and exercise more. And that sounds so simple. And yet, it's not always easy. And so sacred sex, I, I agree with you. I think it, it, it is very simple. And yet, sometimes there's things that are in the way. So if we breathe, if we slow down, if we, and that doesn't mean all sacred sex has to be slow. I, I do believe in raw, primal sacred sex and even sacred quickies but in general there's a there's a slowing down of the breath a slowing down of the mind that helps us go into true presence and that when we're in that presence and that deep connection and have a sense of you know it doesn't have to be a full 25 minute prayer but just a sense of our i really want to care for you in this moment i really i want to hold you tenderly in my heart i, I want to bring pleasure that, that Heals you in some way, and I, I don't even have to consciously word it. But when that I'm holding that in my mind, in my heart, something begins to shift for us. So it's it's simple, but it's not always easy because maybe I'm sexually, physically, and/or emotionally abused. Maybe I, I I'm very nervous when I'm in bed with you, and I think I I need to perform, or or in some way I actually feel a little shut down, or numb, or unsafe. So, in a culture that's that that forty percent of us have been raised in families that were severely emotionally, physically, and or sexually abusive, and ninety six percent of us were raised in families that were dysfunctional or had missing functions like no anger, no boundaries, no affection to some degree, then there's stuff almost in the way of this simplicity that that we that we in a sense work through or or play through or do something be in movement through. Such that we can deeply connect and bring that, that full, rich, pleasurable communion to one another.
3: It, it's really neat to hear you talk about this. Because, you know, we go through how, how simple it is and how encompassing sacred sex can be. And I'm just looking at these lists of workshops that you teach. And it goes from, um, and just, just for fun I'll pick two out. Ocean of Feminine Mysteries in Florida, on one hand. And just the name of that gives you some idea that it's kind of an esoteric, discussing. Um, and I picture, you know, everyone sitting around in their robes and these. Um, <laughs> but then you have another one, Sex in Your Pajamas. And uh, that's <laughs> a, uh, one we just do on a Sunday morning, and that just has a different feel for it, a different flavor. And those are both sacred sex-based. So, so tell me about Sex in Your Pajamas.
4: Well, uh, sex in your pajamas is an opportunity to be on the phone wherever you are in the world and be very relaxed or you could be naked, your pajamas in a sense could be naked and to be hearing about sex and sacred sex to have those questions answered that you always wanted to have answered and didn't even know who to talk to or maybe have questions answered you didn't even know to ask And, and to be in a community of people and yet anonymously that allow you to be safe and yet belong and really be on a discovery of how do we have, you know, this wonderful, expanded, more intimate, more delicious sexuality with one another, you know, with ease and grace. And there you are, you know, at home, it, it lay, could be laying in your bed, still in your pajamas and having this this wonderful exploration through your ears.
3: Sounds wonderful. So how, um, so how on target was my thought on what the other one was then? the ocean, oceans of feminine
4: mystery. <laughs> well, I, I, I liked the image. You know, I, I'm i an advocate of returning the spirit of the ancient temples sometimes where we get to wear, you know, beautiful robes, preferably silk and gently caressing our bodies and that somehow both show the outline of our flesh and yet leave a sense of mystery. Uh, I love that idea. And I would have to say that it's, uh, it's a little bit... Uh, more uh, down-homey in a way where it was a group of women in a beautiful home a few minutes away from the beach, just a couple-minute walk from the beach, and, uh, you know, there was a kitchen and, you know, a backyard, and and we were wearing whatever anybody wanted to get up and wear in the morning, so they could be in their pajamas, they could be in, uh, I often do wear flowing kaftans because I love the way I feel as a woman in them, but, you know, some people were wearing jeans, some people might be wearing a skirt and a top, whatever people felt like they were wearing. And then it was, it was so wonderful. There was this exploration of what are the, the ancient feminine mysteries? What does it mean to be uh, in a sense, the divine feminine incarnate or embodied here on earth? What's in the way of that? And, I had the women when they first arrived write on index cards why they were there and what they wanted to get out of the weekend. And some people said sexual healing or learning how to sexually heal others. And some people said more of the, the lineage of the ancient feminine and, uh, and how we lost it. What happened? If you know, if there's this ancient lineage of divine feminine power, then how did it go away? And different questions, sacred, sacred sensual dance, which is also one of the things I teach. So somebody had written that. And I had them put that all in a big, beautiful glass bowl and throughout the weekend, I would draw these cards. And what was really magical is I found that organically, we, I was leading them in exercises or we were evolving into discussions about these things without even having to come up with an agenda, without having to say at 3 o'clock, we're going to study this, and at 2 o'clock, we're going to, you know, lay our hands on each other and breathe heavily. Uh, but just that it would, it would flow literally from the time we woke up in the morning and I would light a candle on the altar that we had created with the, you know, the sacred objects. It could be, you know, our wedding ring or a picture of a family member or a shell from the sea. You know, the altar that was our intention, I would light a candle and someone would show up in the living room and they'd say, Francesca, uh, what happened with with women And, and, and why do we feel like we're not very powerful today? And I would just start talking and little by little everybody would show up and then, we would maybe do a journey or a, a visualization to find that ancient power within ourselves. So it's yeah, like that. So a, a little bit different than what you imagined and yet probably a, a little, a soup sauce, a smidge of what your what your imagination had conjured. So oh, it just sounds wonderful. So um, I'd love to do Come on over. The next one in September. Like that. that would be awesome. The next, the next one's in September. So I may have to check it out. <laughs>
3: We, we will absolutely put a list of um, any workshop dates as well as any contact information that we can get from you, Francesca, because I'm sure we're going to have a lot of people listening to this saying, how can I get involved? Uh-huh. Now, thinking of Dawn going to this, it brings up an interesting question to me. Now, regular listeners to our podcast might have gotten the idea along the way that Dawn is somewhat of a slut, and uh, <laughs> we foster that idea, and we quite claim that. Um, in case anyone wonders, go to the, I think it was show 18 on blowjobs. So <laughs> does the idea of sacred sexuality imply that you can't be promiscuous or you can't be, um, and of course now when we use the word slut, we're, we're talking the classic Dossie Easton uh, ethical slut, right? So does that can you still be an ethical slut and practice sacred
4: sexuality? Why not? I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh I don't think that they're uh against each other in any way. Uh I think that you know, if we think of the sacred as inherently uh connective, inherently nutritive or healing in some way, then anything that's done with honesty that's done with vitality uh, passion commitment is is going to be in that realm of the sacred, including our tears, including our anger, including our our you know deep sexual vitality and uh variety but if this was going to be done in a way that was um you know lying and hurtful and and you know if we were doing something that was uh, meant to dishonor or disgrace or break our own integrity with ourselves or others, well, I think that's outside the realm of the sacred, even if it was uh, praying at church. You know, if, if somehow that prayer is a lie, then that's not really the sacred, even if it's happening in church. church. Yeah. I'm going to church because I'm trying to look good for my community and that's what I'm supposed to do. I wouldn't actually say that was sacred, even if I was in church.
3: Right, right. That that you important sacred a couple times, and now you're using that word church. So if I want to practice sacred sexuality, does that mean I have to leave my religion? And, 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 I mean, can I fit my religion around sacred sexuality?
4: <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would definitely say that whatever religious or spiritual practice that, that one has, that you have, that I would hope that the sacred would be part of that. That it would, you know, that whatever, if I say I'm Christian or Islamic or Buddhist or, or worshiping the goddess or worshiping the great pumpkin, I, whatever I say that I'm or going to Unity Church or maybe just saying nature is my religion, whatever I feel that I'm practicing that brings me closer to the divine in all that is, I would hope that I would include sexuality as the sacred. I want to go somewhere for a moment with a thought. Let's imagine there is a God. Okay, so we're going to imagine there is a God or a Godness in the universe. And that the way that God is described is omnipotent, omnipresent, uh, infinite, eternal. And that these, God was before the beginning and after the end. In a sense, God or Godness is everywhere at all times. Well, then is there anywhere that God or the sacred or the divine is not? If in fact God is that. Eternal, infinite, omnipresent, omniscient uh, spirit and divinity. So, if God is in everything, then sexuality is in fact sacred. Now, I'm a human being, so I can forget that. I always have free will. You know, my life is a dance between, you know, destiny, my own divinity, and my free will. So I can forget that something is sacred, that cooking is sacred, that talking to you is sacred, that raising my children is sacred. I can forget that. And so I believe that every religion or spiritual tradition has practices. They don't call it spiritual practice for nothing, that remind us to reconnect with the sacred that's already always there, that that help me, support me in reconnecting with the sacred that's already always there. So whatever religion I'm in, whatever spiritual tradition I'm in, I literally could use the practices that I already know as well as uh, discover new ones that help me reconnect to the divine in all that is, including my sexuality. Do you
1: have a podcast, event, book, or product you'd like to promote on Erotic Awakening? We'll be happy to help spread the word. Toss us an email at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org.
2: Coming up next week. Smud knock. Smud knock. Smud knock. Smud <laughs> Smud Hear all that background noise? we got a washing machine back there, cat in the background, all that other static. Erotic Awakening is hiring a sound editor to help us make this more better.
1: Music heard on Erotic Awakening, free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and "Wanda" by 31 d one is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.